Our text for the message this morning is from the second reading uh, in 2 Timothy 4. Uh, unlike Rita, I'm going to avoid all of the weird words and just remind you of something simple. It's the first verse. It says, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> you know, sometimes... Uh, Sometimes things don't go smoothly. I, I suppose uh, the way uh, Paul is talking to Timothy here and throwing Luke's name around, I, I was reminded of a, a class that I had uh, back in my college days. Uh, my major was mathematical sciences, and as part of that major, I had to take a class in electrical engineering. Now, I don't know if you have any experience with that, but a lot of uh, electrical engineering is theoretical math because they, they don't actually see what's going on inside of those little pieces and parts in your TV. They just know what they're supposed to do by math. Uh, and, and so I had to take this class. And the, the teacher was, uh, he was a, a, a Coast Guard officer, uh, a lieutenant commander, which is a pretty senior guy. Uh, and for all I know, he was a decent sailor, but he was a really, really bad professor. I could not follow what he was trying to teach me at all, which is weird for me, because usually I can follow just about anything. But this guy, I couldn't get it. So I totally failed the first exam because I had no idea what he was talking about most of the time. So and I didn't really like that because it wasn't my habit to fail stuff, especially something I should be good at. And I, I just sort of resolved to figure it out myself because he was no help. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, he was mad at me because I wasn't doing well in there. But I was really good at math. I mean, that was my major, and I was good at theoretical math, even that. And, and so I decided to take my useful skills uh, and put them to work on this, and I basically self-taught from the book from there on, and then I started getting A's because I wasn't listening to the knucklehead. Now, I'm only saying this because you, you have skills and you have uh, things at, uh, at hand for you to, to get things done, but they don't always work for you. Uh, and, and, um, and, and this just sort of reminds me of that, it's that there are things that are in you that actually work for the things you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, and, and we're going to see how that works. Now, today is supposed to be about Luke. Uh, interestingly enough, this particular passage is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. He happens to mention Luke in a, an important moment there. In this text, we see that Paul is being cared for by Luke alone, because he says that's the only guy that's left with me is Luke. Now, you know, that would, he doesn't sound real happy about that because he's in prison. So um, he's locked up. It's, uh, I guess, not prison exactly. He's under house arrest in Rome, uh, and uh, it, somebody has to come and take care of him because he's not allowed to leave and go to the market and get food and water and, and take care of himself that way. So, so Luke is there with him, and he had other people that were sort of in and out. He talks about all of them being gone right now, though, and so he writes this letter to Timothy. But Luke is particularly adept at this problem because Paul's 
health is lousy, and it kind of always was. Uh, ever since he got knocked off his high horse by Jesus and uh, struck blind and, and all of that, he was sort of a mess. But Luke is a doctor, as I told you earlier. He's a physician, uh, and he's well-educated, uh, and this and many other things. So he was helpful to Paul, probably as good company. Uh, he was faithful to him to, to look after him. He was helpful. He was comforting. And, of course, you know, being a doctor, that had to help too. And, and so he stayed by Paul's side. He was helpful to him. He was faithful to his God by looking after Paul. And this was all given his special sort of abilities to do this. Others couldn't do it. If, you know, you hear uh, about the many guys who are wandered off doing one thing or another, uh, uh, some of them in bad circumstances, uh, but, but uh, Luke stayed with them. Uh, other people couldn't do what needed to be done there, so they were doing something else. Uh, Mark is a good example of that. When, when uh, Paul went on his second missionary journey, uh, Mark had left him on his first one, and, uh, and he didn't want him to come along, so Mark didn't come along, but now here he is uh, somewhat later, asking for Mark to come because he's helpful in his ministry. So things change and people are encouraged in a way and discouraged in another way and all of this according to their abilities and the gifts that God has laid in them. Paul himself is a, a great apostle. Uh, I think history is clear about that. He's an evangelist in his own right. Uh, and by that meaning he preaches the good news to people of Jesus. Uh, and this all is happening for him, at least, in the midst of Rome's most powerful people. Because that's where he is. Uh, and he's well qualified, and he is effective at that. He's a, a citizen of, of uh, the Roman Empire. He speaks uh, Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek and Latin. And, you know, he's a very capable, across-the-board sort of communicator on this. And he's been good at it. God made Paul, God made Luke, God made Mark and Timothy, and, and, they, and Christ died for all of them, converted all of them to faith in him so that they would have their salvation. Uh, and, uh, and all of this was to set them in place to do the kind of work that he had gifted them, talented them, and gave them the desire to go and do different ways, different times, and different places. Now, uh, um, it's, it's tough for us sitting here in these days to imagine their troubles. Uh, this country is a little bit different. Uh, Christians have been somewhat uh, seen as favorable over the centuries, but that's changing a little bit in these days. Uh, so we have some trouble, but not like they had. I mean, they were, if you listen to Paul, uh, they had trouble with abandonment by some people that were supposed to be with them. Uh, some serious opposition. Uh, he mentions Alexander here, and that's bad enough uh, a kind of opposition that it made him nervous enough to warn Timothy to watch out for him. He must have been a bad guy. Uh, Paul himself had been arrested and threatened and on and on all through his ministry. You know how the story goes, I would suppose. Our difficulties uh, are with our own work and our own lives in the kingdom, yes, because we're always in the kingdom. We, uh, we belong to God and we are his to do what he wishes to do with, but uh, it's, it's not 
quite so traumatic for us as it was for these guys. Now still, in these days, as I said, if Jesus shows up in anything that you happen to be connected to, because he does sometimes, out of your mouth or, or by the way you do things or whatever, and people see what's going on. And uh, well, in, in that walk of life, the trouble can show up on occasion, kind of shows up with Jesus. Even without Jesus being obvious, the things that you do and say might be connected that way, and you're going to have trouble with people failing you because they wander off uh, from that kind of thing because it makes them nervous. Uh, you're going to have your own failings because you're doing something that you're not skilled about or, or you make a mistake because of your sinful corruption in your mind and in your bodies or whatever's going on there. Uh, you can find yourself in a pretty low place on occasion just because things have not gone well or so they seem. And you can match that up pretty well with what Paul's talking about. You may even feel some abandonment on occasion because people won't support you. Or you may even say, God, what are you doing? Why are you leaving me like this? Where did you put me here? I, I, things can go badly enough that you can start uh, talking to God like that very much. Like Job, who was utterly faithful, mind you, uh, used to say things to God like that. You know that it's not so that God uh, has abandoned you. Your faith knows that. But even still, when it feels like that, when you feel like you're all by yourself trying to figure something out, even if you've got family and friends or whatever, and nobody's particularly helpful about it, it's hurtful. That's life sometimes. It gets hard in the hard days. And in those hard days, sometimes it's hard to keep going, keep pushing on. Even if you know you're supposed to be up to something, it's hard to feel encouraged when you're having opposition and difficulty. And, uh, well, uh, as has been often the problem, you see this in Scripture a kind of a lot. When you're in that circumstance, when you're feeling like that, it's difficult to be kind like you're supposed to be. It's difficult to act like a merciful and encouraging Christian when things are not going well. Except, you know, when you, when you listen to Paul, you sort of see the opposite going on there. He seems upbeat and positive and happy even. Uh, he's accomplishing great things among the Gentiles, even among the emperor's own people, and he never seems to fall off on it. But for us, well, when, when things are not going well, sometimes sin takes over in our own minds and we get sour and difficult and stubborn and negative. And I mean, I'm sure that's happened to all of you at one time or another. But that's what sin looks like when things are not going well. Paul's instructions to Timothy are kind of in a different direction, though. He says, to, he says to keep, uh, he says to be sober-minded, which is mostly just uh, in, your, in your thinking to be straightforward, to be even-handed, you know, that kind of thing. To, not to get overexcited about stuff when they're not going well, especially. He, he tells, them, uh, tells them to endure whatever is coming at him, I said, and he specifically talks about suffering, because there's a lot of suffering tangled up in that kind of thing. And he says to keep on with his work and his ministry. Uh, don't stop. Don't trail off. Don't get weary. Don't stop. And it's a hard thing to do when you don't feel good. 
And Timothy had a lot of trouble with that. He had told Paul multiple times that people were very negative with him. Uh, the place where he is ministering, people think he's too young, he's, that he's uh, not smart enough, that he can't hold a candle to Paul, and, you know, and they're all uh, down on him all the time. And, and Paul says, just keep at it. Because Paul told him to stay there in the first place. He reminds him that the Lord rescues from every kind of evil and will bring him safely to his heavenly home. This is the promise to every Christian, no matter what is happening, no matter how it looks, no matter how you feel, uh, that hope stands. You've been promised by God that you will have your salvation, <coughs> that you have it even now because Christ died for you, Christ rose for you, Christ sent his Holy Spirit to you, you have your salvation, and then that heavenly home is a certainty. No matter what's going on here, God has left you here to do things. And, and sometimes they'll be difficult. Uh, Jesus himself said, you'll be persecuted, you will suffer. Uh, you know, we, we say uh, the only things that are for sure are uh, death and taxes. But I mean, there's some other stuff in there. And, and uh, I realize that taxes are suffering to some extent, but there are other things in there. Uh, and, and, and those were guaranteed as well. What, what they did, what these guys did, was difficult. I know that as we sit here, that this is stuff that we probably wouldn't want to do ourselves. Uh, Bob was talking this morning about the adventure that it would be to go to Hong Kong and work at a school. Uh, other people would say, not so much. I, I think his in-laws said something like that. Because <laughs> the daughter would go with them, you know, that's not good. I, it, it just, sometimes everybody is not on board with what is uh, in front of you to do. And part of it is because they wouldn't do it. I mean, you think about your own lives. Uh, most people would look at what you do, what you have done in your life, or what you're doing even still, and the, the skills that you have, and... Uh, and um, uh, you know, I think back to that class, I was very good at math. And a lot of people would say, not so much, because, you know, they would have been in real trouble in that class. Uh, uh, I did a lot of time in dangerous places, rescuing people in kind of maddening circumstances. And it was scary. And other people would look at this and say, I'm not doing that. I said I wouldn't do that, and I ended up doing it anyway. But it's just, it's just things that God gives you to do, the circumstances, the resources, the understanding, the, all that stuff. It, it brings you to certain things. Whether you like them or not, you can do them because God made it possible for you to do them. But other people, not so much. He makes us all different. So other people have different skills for, than you do, different tasks, different circumstances. I remember uh, Jocelyn talking about, uh, you know, she was a, a nurse, worked at the hospital, and she always, in her whole career of many years, worked with children. Uh, she liked to, to work in the nursery especially, but she wasn't always in there. Uh, and, and other people would say to her, to me, I don't think I could do nursing for children because it, their suffering is hurtful, and I think you would probably identify with that some way. Rita, you certainly could do that. 
and and uh, on the other hand, she said, but I, I can't really work with the cancer patients because that's too much for me. I can't do that. But other people were perfectly natural at going about looking after little kids with cancer problems. It's, it's just everybody has different skills, different things in their head that they are desired to do, that they're good at doing, and uh, they're, uh, uh, everything about your personality, it matters with what you're doing. And God knows that. What looks undesirable to you, someone else that's in the body of Christ in particular, is particularly suited to do. And they do it with joy, even if it's hard. It's how God made you. Now, I'm saying this to you because this is kind of the way it is for Luke. As he comes in in the middle of these things, he, uh, Paul found him sort of uh, on accident in, in a little town in, uh, in what we would call Turkey. Uh, and he was passing through on his second journey and he runs into Luke, runs into Timothy in the same town. And they pick up and they come with him even though they don't know where he's going. He doesn't know where he's going. And, and, uh, and they go and they're helpful and they're ministering. And they, they were gifted by God to do those things that we would have terrible time doing. So if you're going to imitate the saints, as you know, this is what we do when we're looking at these uh, saints days like Luke and whoever else is involved. You, you walk in faith in the hope that's given you knowing that everything will be okay at the end because God is looking after that. And then you use your abilities and your resources and your desires to be a blessing, ministering to people and the things that you do well in all of your work, in all of your walk of life. All of that is arranged for you, not just for you, but for you to work in his kingdom. And this is done by God to be a blessing to other people in the same way that he intends for you to do. This is a holy thing. It's a gift to you for the people that are around you. I think you will find that every good gift, the scriptures say it comes from God, but every good gift is laid in the hands of some human being somewhere who has the ability, the oversight, the understanding, the resources to bring that gift to the people in, in, in the care of that person. Uh, and uh, so, you know, as a leading person, as someone in authority with those gifts that you're carrying around, you're supposed to be going about distributing them for God and for the people in your care, whatever your work is whatever circumstances you're in. That's what you're here for. And then if you happen to be in receipt of that care, some people, you know, they don't like to be helped. I have to tell them, well, you know, God did this on purpose. You're supposed to, to uh, enjoy the help that you get. Uh, imagine, you know, there's that, uh, that old saying uh, that Jesus gave that doesn't show up in anywhere except uh, one guy's mouth. Uh, I happened to mention that Jesus said it, that it's better to give than to receive. Well, it is good to give, but uh, if you're supposed to receive uh, and you say, I don't want it, then you're depriving the person with the better part to give you what you should be getting. And, and God does all this stuff on purpose. He arranges our interactions, our skills, our gifts, our resources, our circumstances. He arranges all of that and, and, and then turns you loose on that with his, his spirit, with his hope so that we can be a blessing to each other. That's the way he functions. 
And you're not by yourself in this. Everything you do is with God. Everything is set up that way so that God can bless us all that way. Uh, first thing is you all have received the benefit of the blood of Christ. You have all received the benefit of faith by the Holy Spirit's work in you and then by every need fulfilled for you until you're able to do things. I mean, you know, that's what it is for children. They're on the receiving end of most things until they're old enough to, to have those skills and resources and abilities. Uh, and then off they go too to love other people and to bring God's mercy among them. That's what you do. And you do that with God. And in this, he has blessed you and everyone else that very way. Now, I, I think it's important for us to know, to be reminded, that you can do no good thing without God. Jesus is very plain about that. You can't do anything that's good without him. You can't do anything without the mercy that he has earned for you. You can't do anything without the Holy Spirit that lives in you, giving you uh, the, the faith to know all these things have happened for you, but also to inspire your gifts and talents and to gather resources with you. But, but with God in you, you can do all things that have been intended for you with confidence and with hope always. You cannot fail. Because he is the one who set these things for you, has given you what you need, and set you off in the place that you need to be to help people. You cannot fail. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to sin. But see, specifically, when you sin, God forgives you. And specifically, when you make a mistake, God works all things for good. You cannot fail. It's not possible. Because you go with God. If you go with God, you will see how he has blessed you and the people around you. And you can go with hope and confidence in everything that you do. And, and you will be blessed. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.